0: Fans, your host Jacobs is here with another episode of the Off the Backboard podcast presented by the Breakdown Sports. Uh, before I introduce my two co-hosts today, uh, I want to talk to you about a new daily fantasy platform that you all should be on, and that is Thrivefantasy.com, app, website, whichever one you want. The awesome thing about this is it's NBA specific right now. It takes prop bets. You choose a bunch of those. You pair up uh, against somebody else, and whoever wins the most bets wins the money. So it's like going head to head with your friends, but you're picking prop bets instead of players. And you can go to thrivefantasy.com slash the breakdown D B R K D W N, and they'll match you ten dollars when you deposit ten dollars. So go check that out. It's pretty cool. It's something new, something different. If you're on FanDuel, you're on DraftKings, try Thrive Out. You never know if you'll like it or not. It'll be a good time. Uh, one other thing before we jump into this episode, don't forget about my bookie. Do not want to lose that 50% bonus on a minimum of $100 going to my bookie, putting in the code breakdown. That's BRKDWN. I mean, it's free money. you leave it on the table. If you're not signed up, go sign up, use code breakdown, BRKDWN and get that match. All right. All right. I'm joined by Phil and Steven. Been a long weekend or a week probably for all of us, I think. But we made it to Sunday, and we we're ready to talk some NBA. So, Phil, how are you?
1: How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Like you said, it's been a long week, but I'm ready to get into some sports. Steven, how about yourself? You know, it's good. Besides being really mad about my
2: Bulls and how we're actually starting to win games, it's good. <laughs> I,
0: I, uh, I, I can understand it. But, you know, those guys are just too competitive, you know? They want to get those dubs. <laughs> Oh, man. But we can get into that in a minute here. So let's start off the topic with probably the biggest thing that's going around on Twitter. Uh, every other probably media outlet, and that is the L.A. Lakers and LeBron. So we presented the question to all of us, you know, are they dead? Uh, you know, the three and seven over the last 10 games. They don't look good. Uh, my Bucks just took them, uh, gave them a good run at, at home and got a dub there. Uh, so, uh, you know, Phil, that's your team. So I, let's give you the, the floor here for a bit. Maybe you want to defend them. Maybe you want to pronounce the season over, but let's get your take first.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely hard to defend him at this point in the season. I, I think LeBron has definitely checked out. If you watch the last game, he threw the ball off the backboard during a routine inbound pass. Someone with his vision and precision and passion for the game wouldn't have done something as errant as that. So, outside of the young guys checking out because of the trade room, I think the entire team has really clocked out of Luke Walton. They had no faith in him, no trust in him. And outside of the team, the entire fan base is clamoring for a new coach. So we're still just two games outside of the playoff race. I have faith that we'll make it, but we're three. Like I said, we're three and seven our last 10 games is going to be tough
2: steven what do you think Uh, this season is over for the lakers people don't realize how important lonzo ball actually was like they were still okay when he was in the lineup and since he had this most recent injury that's when they've really started to just fall off like a loss to the suns when you're saying you're in playoff mode now Like A team in playoff mode should not lose to what might be the worst team in the NBA right now. And with this recent slide, they've gone from about two games out of the playoff hunt to four and a half games out of the playoff hunt. And they're sliding when other teams are starting to win games again. So I think they're out of the playoff hunt if they don't get their big players next year. Then LeBron's going to leave, and the young guys are going to hate being on Los Angeles, and they're going to be right back to being a consistent lottery team the same way they
1: have been for the past four years. I think you brought up a good point, Stephen, when you mentioned Lonzo Ball. People don't understand that. Even as a second-year player, he's probably one of the top 10 playmaking and defensive point guards in the league. Even going back to last year, he's roughly had a rating of about 104, 105 defensive rating so he's a he's a very important defensive playmaker for us. And he sets that tone early in games without him. Even though Ronald, his whole career has been built as a good passer, a great defender. He's clearly falling off the cliff. So that's a good point you brought up.
0: Yeah, you got to put this season away. I mean, the interesting thing, uh, Phil, I feel like is you're calling for Luke Walton's head. I mean, you know, there's an article on ESPN that he took the blame for the loss uh, against the Bucks this weekend. I I don't know. I can't imagine it's all his fault. But I mean, I feel like I see a trend in player coaches. The only one that's ever made it, I feel like, is Steve Kerr. And please correct me if I'm wrong on that. But Jason Kidd was horrible. I can't even think of really anybody else that's like kind of been a great player and now is out there trying to coach, uh, at least a head coach. Anyway, I know as an assistant, I think it's probably better, but... Maybe that helps this team. I don't know what LeBron's problem is. I feel like we've never seen him act like this before. Uh, he carried way worse teams to the finals when he was early on in Cleveland. Maybe it's his age. Maybe he's sick of it. Maybe he's just ready for Space Jam Two to start uh, filming. I, I think don't know.
1: People they were enamored when he won those twenty games in a row with Golden State. But what coaching experience does he really have outside of coaching a team full of all stars? Look back at last year. We having the same problem that we had last year. One. He wasn't starting Julius Randle. He wasn't giving Randall and Clarkson consistent minutes. And now we fast forward to this year, like last game against the, against the Suns. He sat Reggie Bullock, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the league, for large stretches of the fourth quarter. He had he had uh, Rondo in the game, who had a bunch of empty stats. He had McGee in the game still, not a floor spacer. He had Lance Stevenson, who, who hasn't seen a court in about I don't know how many games. He's just making boneheaded mistakes that a coach of his caliber shouldn't be making at this point in, in the season, especially – when we're still two games out of the playoff contention. It's just frustrating.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, going back to, like, the player coaches point, like, a lot of these player-coaches that have ended up being bad, I think it's because they just come straight from the NBA to being a coach. Like, Steve Kerr kind of took his time off. He wasn't really, like, a head coach for, what, a good 10, 15 years after he retired. And then he got into coaching and he thrived like Jason Kidd and like Derek Fisher and all them. They kind of just went straight from the league to being a head coach. And I don't think they were ready for it. That's why they're not having the success that they need, which is why the Lakers, you, you guys are right. The Lakers definitely need a new coach. But I mean, that'll be a very interesting
0: offseason. I I don't think there's a way they make it to the postseason unless somebody really falls off on the lower half of that Western Conference table. I mean, and that's our next topic, actually, is discussing what's going on in the bottom of the Western Conference playoff picture. Because with 19 games left in the season, we're really going to either see um, somebody make a late season push, maybe somebody make a late season fall off. And those last couple seeds could get rotated out. So Spurs right now. A little bit of a a drop-off here. Um, They are on a two-game win streak, though, against the Pistons and Thunder. Uh, But prior to that, had had a rough stretch of games. So what do you guys think about this bottom half of the Western Conference table? Uh, Steven, I'll throw that down to you to start.
2: Um, The Spurs, I feel like, are in a weird spot. Like, Sure, they had a good win against Oklahoma City, but you can't take terrible losses to the Knicks and the Nets back-to-back and think that you're really still one of, like, the eight best teams in the West. Um, But, like, I think they're in trouble because even though Sacramento hasn't had the best stretch of games, they played probably their toughest five-game stretch of the season. I know they had games against Golden State, Milwaukee, Pretty much all the top teams in the West, and then like two of the top teams in the East. And all they had to do was really just survive that a little bit. And they're still 500. They're in ninth place in the West, but they're getting to an easier stretch now where they can make a run compared to like those teams in the bottom half of the playoffs who are kind of still fighting and struggling a little bit. So I think even though. Right now, it's looking like the Clippers and the Spurs are trending up and the Kings are trending down a little bit. I like the Kings' chances to sneak in at that number eight seed over probably the Clippers or the Spurs.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Sacramento's looking fairly good. Uh, They're going to have a a solid team here, uh, definitely in a couple of years. Phil, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Seed six through one, I would say, are pretty much solidified, and that's starting with Utah, Houston. OKC, okay, Portland, Denver and Golden State, obviously, where it gets tricky, like you said, is, is San Antonio down, you know, and the biggest difference between all of these teams or the biggest things they have in common outside of the Spurs, Sacramento and L.A. is their winning percentage from home. Almost all the teams in playoff contention right now are either 50 percent or greater san antonio is 11 and 22 away from home sacramento is 12 and 18 the lakers are horrendous 12 and 20 so as far as what's going to happen at the bottom i think the allure of zion and rj barrett is going to be too great for the clippers and the sacramento kings to continue winning i think docs gonna start shutting some of these guys down and then you'll start seeing the clippers go lower in the standings and the same with sacramento i think what sacramento has going on is pretty good right now with the young guys but the coaches they're going to realize hey we're still a few pieces away from winning and so hopefully that a click and lebron said hey Let's make a strong push. We definitely want to get past the first round, but I don't think LeBron wants to ruin that that playoff streak that he has going on that of making the playoffs every year since his rookie year.
0: I don't understand that. First of all, okay, I like the Spurs. I think they have some a, a solid chance. I mean, Greg Popovich is your head coach. Tamar DeRozan is on there. You know, LeBron, They have a solid team still. So, I mean, I'm never going to count them out. But LeBron doesn't care about this playoff run. He threw the ball off the freaking backboard, man. <laughs> and, like, didn't even care. He was just like, whatever, screw it. I guess we're on defense again. Like, I don't even understand. Like, it, it, he, like, and the one point I wanted to make on the Lakers, which I'm, you know, we kind of are jumping back on it, but he left the Bucks game without even, like, shaking hands with players, didn't say anything to Giannis, and that was kind of, like, disrespectful. Like, he's the next up-and-coming guy in the NBA, top two players in the NBA right now, and you're just going to walk off and not say anything. Like it's just salty. It's unprofessional. And again, I feel like we've never seen this from the I don't, I don't think they're making the playoffs as a chance. Um, I think I could see a late push from the Timberwolves. I think that is a potential. Uh, they haven't necessarily turned the ship all the way around yet since they've gotten rid of Jimmy Butler, but you never know. Um, 19 games is still a fair amount of time to get back in there. Um, I, yeah, I mean, the Kings are good. I think maybe some playoff experience would be good for them if they were able to sneak in. But the Clippers are playing rather well uh, after trading their best player in Tobias Harris uh, with kind of some just rotation guys and Danilo Gallinari, Patrick Beverly. But it will be interesting to see uh, how this pans out. I will propose this question to you guys. Though. I mean, does it matter? Because I, I don't think there's really a thought of anybody else coming out of the West other than the Warriors right now, right?
1: I don't think it matters, but I think it all goes back to coaching. Because like you said, the Clippers are making a good push, even though they traded their best player, and so was the Kings. And what do they have in common? They have good coaching. And I think LeBron sees that. And whenever LeBron wanted a coach fired, how did he handle it? He didn't handle it in the best manner. And I think England just being exasperated because he's in LA. So I think it all comes down to coaching. But as far as the Timberwolves go, I want to believe in them, but Andrew Williams has let me down since he's coming to the league. He's starting to become a a poor man's Kevin Martin, or I guess a a good man, Kevin Martin, because all he does is score and shoot low percentages, so I don't know.
2: I think the Kings have the best chance at stunning one of the top two seeds in the first round if they get in because they have the most talented young guys. They have probably the best player out of any of those three teams right now in De'Aaron Fox. And they play probably they play about as fast as anybody else in the league. If they catch an older team or a team that doesn't like to run, if they can speed them up over the span of a series with star players and great shooters like Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes as a leader who's been in the playoffs before. Plus Marvin Bagley, who's kind of underratedly having a really good rookie season. They're much better equipped than either the Spurs or the Clippers. To have any chance at upsetting say, a warriors or a Nuggets team in the first round
0: So wait, what I
2: really didn't hear you over the De'Aaron Fox take. What was that? Out of the Spurs, the Clippers, and the Kings, De'Aaron Fox is the best player on any of those teams right now.
0: <laughs> what
2: Yeah, you can't
0: just make up things. I I'm, <laughs> I'm not. DeMar DeRozan is on one of those teams. He's arguably the best player out of all of those. I don't care. Oh my God. De'Aaron Fox is the fastest out of all of those. Yes, I agree with that, but I don't think he's the best.
2: De'Aaron Fox is the fastest. Almost as crafty around the rim. He's a better passer and he's a better three point wow. shooter. Wow.
0: <sighs> Man. Okay. So so you're starting a franchise with De'Aaron Fox over DeMar DeRozan.
1: Right now, yes.
0: Phil, are you hearing this? Or am I am I like dreaming right now?
1: I'm assuming he's he's points to De'Aaron Fox, uh, his upside, because as of right as of today, as of March 3rd, 2019, DeMarta Rosen is still a superior player. But I can kind of see where you're going with this, Steven. I mean, DeMar DeRozan's upside is very limited with his age and how long he's been in the league. He's never been the greatest three point shooter. But to say that Fox is out and about the best player. That's kind of a hot take, buddy.
0: Yeah, so that that's fair, Phil. If you dive in a little bit more like that, and you say with De'Aaron Fox's upside, I would take him over to Marty Rose, and that's fine. But you cannot say that today in the NBA, the Aaron Fox is better. Anyway, Stephen, we'll we'll let you ride with that. You know, maybe you're getting delusional as being a Bulls fan for too long. Um, but let's bring this to Houston and uh, talk about James Harden. And the question is, can we finally stop talking about him as we're talking about him? Uh, because his streak of 30-point games is over. Uh, yet, the other night, he dropped 58 to win by three against the Miami Heat. Uh, so, I don't know what my thoughts are on this. I'm just going to uh, – let's get see if Steven has any more hot takes or he wants to make anything else up down there. Uh,
2: my whole thing is just, who cares anymore? Like, we don't need to talk about him being the scoring leader. Just let the Rockets be their middle-of-the-road Western Conference playoff team like they're going to be and let him win his scoring title at the end. He's not the MVP because Giannis is better. He's definitely not the MVP because Paul George is playing better than him right now. So it's just, like, let him score in Houston. Let the Houston fans like it. But it doesn't need to be talked about nationally anymore. And he'll just win his scoring title at the end of the year, which is, I'm sure, what he probably wants the most.
1: Uh, well, speaking about um, James Harden, about 13 minutes ago, they just beat the Celtics and he dropped 42. So I think as long as he's leading the league in scoring at about 36.6 points per game, he's going to always be a main talking point. But like I stated a few pods ago, this team in the West constructed reminds me 05, 06, 06 07 Lakers when Kobe Bryant was averaging 35 points per game, 31 points per game, and they were constantly getting smashed by the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference Finals. They're going to make it to the, to the Western Conference Finals against Golden State, and it's that trifecta of, of Durant, Steph and Clay are going to outshoot him. And we saw what happened last year when they shot stopped falling. They're going to need more than him to make it out of the West.
0: All right. Yeah, that's fair. I just pulled up the box score of the Celtics game. I mean, Eric Gordon did score 32 alongside Harden. But man, their bench is, they played four rotation guys with Austin Rivers getting the bulk of those minutes at 25. P.J. Tucker played 40 minutes. Harden played 39. That's crazy to me. Like this team is, NF3 didn't see the floor like uh i don't even understand yeah it's not gonna work uh let's see what happened with boston that's very interesting i am so happy boston is backsliding i think it's hilarious especially because steven was all over their junk earlier in the season so uh but on a james harden uh aspect of it is i it's it's great to see it reminds me again very much as well as the kobe bryant uh streak he had going and and those days but uh, again, I agree with everything that Phil said. They're not going to make it. This team is built to make a deep playoff run. I don't think. I honestly don't necessarily agree with the fact that it'll be them versus the Warriors. I mean, you're that means you're discounting the Nuggets beating them in a round, or you know, even potentially the Thunder. With as Stephen said, Paul George is playing better than him, and I, I mean, it's great. It's great to see somebody like this. This is kind of a once in a lifetime player out there that's just going to be dropping. 40 50 points a game but I think we've seen when teams have had players like this that it just doesn't work in the long run and that it's not a viable it's not a viable game plan so I think it's fine I'm kind of done hearing about it I'm done hearing about a step back I'm done hearing the explanation of why it's not travel like fine have it you know you're still getting beat 25 times a season and I don't know I mean we'll see what happens come playoff times I've been wrong before but I don't I don't really see much else to even talk about with James Harden. No, because I'm
2: just done hearing his name this year. So, hopefully we're off it.
0: Let's bring this to the top of the Western Conference table and talk about the Warriors though, cuz we, you know, in our notes here we got a little little question uh to discuss is is this going to be the end of the Warriors dynasty uh if they don't win a championship or make it out of the West? Uh that was the stipulation, but I think it's the end of the Warriors dynasty regardless. Uh, Kevin Durant's on his third and fourth Twitter account right now, probably talking about how he's going to go to LA or wherever he's going to go. But I don't think KD stays, and I think Clay is going to find money. Um, Boogie is for sure not going to be there. He this is the only reason he went there was to to make a run at a ring and show off his his you know comeback basically on the highest stage. Uh, so I think this will be the end of it. And I think it'll be interesting to see what happens to these players. I don't know. I wonder if some of it's a little bit uh, overhyped because of they're, they're all playing with each other. Uh, for example, like maybe Clay gets to a team and he's not as good because he's not playing alongside Steph. Uh, but who knows? So I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Phil, why don't we start with you?
1: Definitely hinges on whether Durant stays or goals, which is ironic because they won 73 games without him. So I think it's tough. Like, it's going to come down to money. Um, Draymond, he wants his money, but he's still not the same player he was. Two or three years ago, um, they got to pay. They got to pay Clay, but Clay came on record saying that he wants to be in Golden State for the rest of his career. But at the same time, who hasn't said that before and left for greener pastures? I think it's tough. Um, I think still, as long as you have two of the best shooters in NBA history, you'll be fine. But to answer your question, uh, unless the East gets dramatically better with Durant going to the East, maybe. I still see Golden State ruling the NBA for the next three to four years.
0: OK, I, I mean, I have a comeback to that, but I want to hear Stevens take first and then uh, I'll, I'll chime in with my little two cents on that.
2: Uh, yeah, I think the Warriors dynasty is probably going to be over more likely than not. The only person out of those three, those three being Durant, Thompson and Cousins that might stay would be Thompson, just because I think him and Steph are actually really good friends and he might. He might do the same thing Lillard did. They Like him and Steph might take a little bit less money to play alongside each other for like a longer period of time. But it's like, cause it's like those three guys, like Thompson, Curry, and uh, Draymond, like they were all the guys that were drafted there. Like they're the ones that have real roots to golden state. Like Kevin Rand just came. There as a free agent. Same thing with cousins. I don't think they care as much if they leave, which is probably what they're going to do in the off season anyway. And if the Warriors have to go back to just those three stars, just like Curry, Thompson, and uh, Draymond, then they're not going to win anymore because these other good teams are built to beat the Warriors as they are now. And the Warriors don't have the same depth that they had before they got Durant and Cousins. So even if they still have two or three stars, they... They're not going to compete in the West. They're just going to end up being what the Rockets are now.
1: I get what you're saying, but they're still, they're still pretty much the same team from last year and the team before that. But like, how, how much longer is Dollar really going to be in the league
2: He's starting to get close to his late 30s. He can't have that many more years, or that many more high production years left. I See, here's what I think. I mean, it's
0: honestly, it's over because the other teams are going to get better. For example, Denver, like they are playing really well with a solid all-star in Jokic and a bunch of supporting casts. So... They're going to add some pieces. They're going to get a little bit better. The Sacramento is going to get better. I think there's a lot of these teams on the up and coming now. And then as we talked about, uh, you know, the Warriors are going to lose a couple of pieces. So I think like what you're going to see is it's just going to be a change in power. I think in the West, it's going to be a bit more competitive as it opens up. But I think if if they can keep Kevin Durant, if they can keep a couple of these guys, you, you never know. Uh, I I would kind of be surprised if they do keep him, but that's just my own opinion. You know, I, I'm not an expert in any any sense of the word, but that's my thoughts. Do you think Kevin Durant
1: makes or breaks the team? That's what it comes down to.
0: I think that it, it doesn't make or break the team, but I think it's he'll be like the first domino. So like if he goes, then, you know, Clay will be thinking, well, KD left and got money. I should go leave and get money. You know it, that's just kind of what I feel like. Plus, I feel like I think Clay is like I think he's gone for sure, and I don't know know if he necessarily makes or breaks that team. But I just think that the other like Denver is going to get better. I think you're going to see OKC okay, see maybe even get better and give them a run for their money, or even maybe Houston gets better. So I think that there's just they're going to keep piling up assets till till the Warriors finally get beat. So I think this is kind of the last year you'll see them be the just these distinct number one in the Western Conference. I definitely think starting next season, there'll be a lot more competition against them, especially with LeBron in LA. I mean, yeah, this season has kind of gone down the crapper, but you you look at this offseason, everything they want to do, LeBron has the ability to to pull a lot of talent to a team and you could see, you know, a battle in California for the number one spot too. So I'm not saying that it's necessarily that the Warriors are just going to get terrible, but I think that the Western conference is just going to get even more competitive and give them a better run for their money. Steven, anything else you want to
2: add on it? Uh, No, not really. I mean, just that the Warriors, they had their time. They got this year, maybe they have next year but we're finally finally going to get to see some new teams from the west make the finals again.
0: All right, yeah, I think that's I think that's all you really need to talk about from from the uh from the Warriors perspective cuz the lord knows they get enough media coverage as it is. Uh so let's do a new little segment of who's that player. We've done this in the past where each of us have picked a player to try to guess. Um our main man Steven has got one player that he's going to talk about Give us some stats. Give us whatever you want to try to th- give us the best opportunity to guess what team he's on. And no, sorry, no internet
2: searching, Phil. I swear to God.
1: <laughs> no Twitter fingers over here. This player
2: has started to see his minutes increase over the month of over his past 10 games. So February and March, he's averaging around 23 minutes a game. He shoots close to 45% from the field. He's a rookie who averages just over three rebounds and just under four assists per game. And he's only scoring at 5.2 points per game for one of the, uh, not one of the contending teams in the NBA right now. Yeah. Can you give us Eastern or Western conference? Uh. Yes, I can actually give you a division because the division isn't that great as a whole. Well, Actually, he could be in either the Southeast or the Central Division of the Eastern Conference. Hmm.
0: All right, I'm terrible with names that aren't on the Bucs, so this is going to be very difficult.
2: He's a rookie from the defending NCAA national champions. Okay, Phil, take it away. I feel like you got this. Villanova. Villanova won the NCAA championship last year.
1: He's a he's a shooting guard, correct? He is a guard. You're right. I I think I know exactly what you're talking about. He was I want to say he was a late, a late push towards the top half of the draft. Uh does he play for the Bucks?
2: No, it's not a contending team in the East.
0: It's not Dante DiVincenzo. That's who I was gonna say, but uh that's a tough one. <laughs> it's,
2: uh, Ryan Archidiacono. Wow. I think I actually looked him up
1: a few days ago, too.
0: <laughs> well, T, you watch too much college basketball for your own sake, Stephen. That's why. I know. I like the young guys too much. I'm, I'm too big on the young guys. Uh, before uh, we wrap this up here, one little point I want to make. The Milwaukee Bucks made the best chess move ever today of signing Pau Gasol. A nice little uh, wave up to Canada. You know, we saw the Raptors sign a Gasol. We thought we had to as well. So shout out to Pau being a Milwaukee Buck now. Well, all right. Well, I appreciate uh, all of you listeners out there. Uh, check out the Sports.com for all of our content. Follow us on Twitter at The Breakdown Sports. Uh, that's the BRKDWNsports uh, on all media platforms really and we got a lot of great content from all sports soccer hockey uh basketball obviously you're listening to us right now uh we got esports up there uh and pretty much everything you can think of a lot of great content being pushed out um and our hockey team actually just started their own podcast go check that out if you're into the nhl that's the end-to-end puck podcast uh it's on all, all streaming platforms uh currently two episodes out so some good content for you to listen to on your drive to work tomorrow morning if you want uh and that's all we got for you. Thanks for listening to the off the backboard podcast. Check us out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jakubitz. That's at J-A-K-U-B-I-C-Z.
1: Phil and Steven, where can they find you guys? You can find me on Twitter at Phil Tross3. That's capital P-H-I-L-T-R-O-S-3. Uh,
2: you can find me on Twitter at Breakdown BreakdownSteven, B-R-K-D-W-N, Steven. And... I'll basically just be complaining about all of my Chicago sports teams and basketball the whole time. Cause Chicago sports are a disaster right now It's kind of annoying, man. Somebody just, somebody needs to tell the bulls to figure it out. Yeah. I think it'll be
0: a long time before that happens. Well, anyway, thanks again for listening. Uh, keep an eye out next week for our latest episode. Cheers.